I've been thinking recently about choices. It's been said that the door of history turns on small hinges, and so do people's lives. The choices we make determine our destiny. forget how menacing we are. We are lions. What is most important is that you have to dig deep down, dig deep down and ask yourselves, who do you want to be? Not what, but who. Make a choice, right? You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. Just decide. When we face such temptations in our time, we must declare as young Nephi did in his... I will give place no more for the enemy of my soul. I have wrestled with an alligator. I don't tussle with a whale. I don't handcuff lightning, throw thunder. Very best. You're very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. I can't let that We're in hell right now. And you can stay here, get kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back. And then we have to like All day like All night like I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now, go to the window, open it. Stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in Yes! Don't you quit. You keep walking. You keep trying. There is help and happiness ahead. A lot of it. What's up, Warriors? This is Spenny here, giving kind of a uh, a one-off introduction to this week's episode. Very special episode with Elder Will D. from out in the uh, Barcelona, Spain mission. Will was in our... Uh, recovery group is now is serving a, a full-time mission has been out in the field and we are so grateful for what you the conversation that we had that you are about to hear and uh, the fact that his mission president was uh, willing to let us steal some of his time on a p-day and and then to let you guys listen to the conversation of what it's like to battle uh, and still continue to fight with with the with pornography and masturbation addiction uh, while serving a mission. So, uh, shouts out to Elder Wildy. What a stud. Uh, and I know that you guys will love listening to his episode. Before we uh, let that recording go and, and have you listen to his story, here is a message from our, our man, Cody Haas. 
If you're listening to the Eternal Warrior podcast, it's likely you're listening for you or someone you love. My name is Cody Hawes, and I'm a licensed therapist who helps those dealing with sexual addiction, betrayal trauma, trauma in general, marital recovery, and mental illness. Over the years, I've gathered resources to help those who desperately want to get on the right track. If you feel you are in need, please reach out to me by calling 385-519-6089. Again, 385-519-6089 to set up an initial assessment. God bless you on your journey, my friend, and keep listening to Wes and Spenny. And remember, there's no starting or stopping in recovery. Just keep going and doing we, we want to thank Cody for that message. Um, today's guest is a very, very special friend of ours who's coming from a long way to be here with us, albeit digitally, but yes. we're happy to have him here. I know. I, I think we say that about all of our guests, how special they are. Because well, they, they are. Because they are. They are. But this one, <laughs> we, this one might, oh my God. This is a dream come true for us that we've been wanting to get someone first of all, of his strength and stature on the yes. podcast, but also someone in such a unique situation. Joining us from the Barcelona, Spain mission is our good friend, Elder Will D. What's up, man? What up, Will D? How we doing? <laughs> Glad to be here. It's an honor. Elder. Elder. Oh, man. Elder Will D. <laughs> Dude, I love how this, this is the coolest... This may be the pinnacle of my experience this so is, far. This is <laughs> okay, Will, let's let's just have you, um, for the people, why don't you just go ahead and um, tell them about yourself, about the MISH, right where you're at, how long you've been out. Tell, give them, like, the MISH update. Okay, perfect. Bueno, um, <laughs> I, first off, I need to apologize if I – speak some spanglish it might be rough but oh, i'll will do my best to... you don't know this but our listeners are actually bilingual yes we we have our own in-house uh translator edward yes who helps uh facilitate that so if we need <laughs> if we need to call on his his aid we certainly will but go on yes so spanglish is welcome okay perfect that's what i like to hear right now i'm in a uh, city that's right next to barcelona so it's not Barcelona, but it's just outside, and it's kind of nice because um, a lot of immigrants are here, and it's expensive to live in Barcelona, so they live here, right outside of Barcelona, and there's immigrants from uh, South America, from Africa, from all over, and generally speaking, they're a little more receptive than the Spanish people, so I'm, I can't complain. I'm having fun out here. <laughs> Dude, um, how long have you been out? Almost a year and a half, which is wild. I can't believe it. He's on the back nine, bro. <laughs> Will, no way. I know, right? It's crazy. You remember when we went to dinner right before I went out? Yes, I was just going to bring that up. That we went to that little, uh, it was like a little. Push. Yeah, we went to Siegfried. It was the German place downtown. Yes. It was really good. So just yeah. to give you guys kind of a heads up, Will was part of our recovery group at Sons of Helaman and was and is a man mm. of legend and an absolute all-star. And he worked really hard to get out on his mission. He's, he's going to tell us that story here in a little bit. But um, you're, you're serving, it's it's called Hospitalet, right? That that little parish right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Hospitalet de Jobregat. 
Nice. It sounds it sounds dope. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does indeed. And um what's your mission experience been like? Oh man. The mission is the best. I, I remember going to dinner with these two guys and they gave me some advice and it, I don't know, it's it's unique. You can't really know what to expect going into it, but it's just the best because you are able to focus on other people and their needs and, and serve other people. And you just learn so much during the journey. You learn about yourself, you learn about different cultures, you learn about life's problems. You have people that have problems with their job, their family, with whatever, and you get to help them. You get to study for them, pray about them. Um, and invite them to do certain things and, and promise blessings. It's it's incredible, dude. So so you you've been able to have a, a pretty successful mission so far, even in spite of our advice that we gave you <laughs> before you left. Yeah, because of your advice. No, that advice, I'm sure. No way, man. Oh, dude. But uh, why don't you? Why don't we? I would love to hear your yes. story like i'd love yeah. to hear, we never when we were in group together will i don't think i ever heard your like story with mr p mr m um okay. so typically when we bring people on the show that's that's kind of a good place to start is just with your story um so where did it all start like with mr p mr m all right so i was in grade school when a friend had a an ipod or a touch screen and he showed me Mr. P for the first time and of course I remember not knowing what to think, not knowing, you know, scared, wasn't sure what to what to say or who to who to tell. Um so I was exposed to Mr. P at a pretty young age. And then just, you know, growing up in the digital age I had my devices and it's not not hard to go find stuff. In fact, it's pretty easy. Stuff comes to find you, right? Mm -hmm. And so just throughout middle school, throughout high school, um, I struggled with, with Mr. M and Mr. P. And, and anyone who's familiar with the problem knows that um, there's there's other problems now. It's, it's an escape from other problems that are going on. Mm. And I think... I was just not really confident, not really sure of who I was. Um, and that's something that I've actually been able to, to learn more about here on the mission and through the program before going out on the mission was able to learn who I am now, what are my values and um, what God thinks about me and what, how I can be uh, an instrument in God's hands. And, um, so throughout college and, and high school, I, I struggled with it, but I wasn't really ever honest with anybody up until it came time to start preparing for the mission. Mm. Um, you know, I, I always had a testimony, knew the gospel was true, wanted to go on a mission, but of course I had this big problem that was an obstacle. But as soon as I decided to be honest, myself, my parents, my bishop, uh, I began the journey of, of repentance and 
wasn't easy. You know, it's, it takes time. I know sometimes we wish it can be fixed in an instant, but it's a daily battle. I'm still fighting here in Spain every day. Um, but that would be my biggest advice is just first off, be honest with yourself, with your parents, with your leaders, you know, because that's the, that's the biggest step and maybe the hardest step, but from there it's, it's a fun ride. <laughs> I like that a lot. Well, b- backing it up from, from, I guess, coming clean in, in your high school years and preparing for a mission, you talked mm-hmm. about, your first exposure when you were really young and how it was a peer of yours that introduced you to pornography. Um, I think we can all relate a little bit to the, the values part of our brain really being maybe scared of what we'd just been exposed to and, and cure and nervous and, and worried that we've done wrong. Like there's the light of Christ in us. That's kind of like sending an alarm through our soul that what we've just experienced is, is bad but then there's a biological part of us too that's really kind of curious as to what we've just seen and is and I guess that curiosity develops into maybe more of a sexual appetite as our bodies mature and, and we hearken back onto those experiences to satisfy some of those cravings and urges. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like for you in your in your youth? Yeah, sure. Um well, you've you explained it pretty well. Know that um, there's obviously very strong chemicals that are released, and the brain is not really sure what to do at first. Or your values is not really sure what to do at first. You want to tell somebody. You want to. You know it's a problem, but um, the chemicals are so strong, and and it just becomes something that your brain relies on, uh, an escape that whether you're stressed, whether you're lonely, um, it's, it's there and it releases those strong chemicals. And, um, yeah, of course you, you recognize it's wrong at first, but, um, that, that's why that honesty is so important because if you're not willing to recognize that it's a problem, if you, think that you know you can you can do it and then maybe later you can fix it on your own um you're only harming yourself you know the best time to to start something is is right now there's no there's no sense in waiting um Hmm. and i you know i wish i had started the the process of, of going to the group and learning and overcoming earlier but I'm grateful for for the program and the things that I was able to learn. And um, my advice to anyone is to to just be honest, be honest with yourself, your parents, your leaders, um, because you have a great journey ahead of you, and you might as well start now. Ooh, I love that, Will. How? What was your experience like telling somebody? Um scary, no? Especially with your parents. But so worth it because mm, lies and and yeah, lies and um, darkness are thrive in secrecy, no? 
And so the second that you bring things to light, the second that you are honest, you enable so much light and help through the tongue of Jesus Christ to come into your life. It's mm-hmm. like how the scriptures say that um, light dispels the darkness. No, the second that you bring things to light, just overwhelming light comes into your life and the darkness no longer exists. It is easily cast away by the light. Dude, <laughs> you are so dope. Like it is, um, this is the, oh. Your, your dopeness has left Spence speechless. Yes. Your dopeness is at such a high level, Will, that like, just like the, the principles that you're teaching throughout your story are powerful, right? This idea of, of honesty, opening up the, the light to then start shining in a, in a, what was once a dark place. Um, it doesn't have to be right. That we, we can get help from people that love us. And I am totally with you. And I think that that is really a great first step to a beautiful journey. Like you said, of recovery. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and will my, I guess my follow-up question for that is, was your, was your goal initially when you started to seek recovery, was it to prepare to serve a mission or was it more to just get things in order and take control of your life again? What was that, um, I guess, process like? Um, really, my main inspiration was, was the mission, no? But I quickly learned that you know, it was an interesting process because majority of my friends were on their missions or were soon to leave for their missions. And I had this, this glaring obstacle. And, but I, I quickly learned that it's not just about serving the mission. The mission is great, but what's more important is, is learning who I am and how I can be an instrument in God's hands and and also just you know the mission is not a uh, saving ordinance the temple Melchizedek priesthood those things are and so for me to maybe just because there's a there's a lot of pressure in the church about the mission from other people from family but the second I was able to just realize okay I need to focus on my relationship with God my relationship with my family with my priesthood leader and work towards being worthy in this fight of receiving the priesthood, of going to the temple, and just, of course, still working towards the mission, but just trusting in God's timing, because there's kind of a lot of pressure of, hey, when are you going on your mission? Are you working on your papers? And that, that all happens. If you're in the fight for recovery, that all happens, but it happens with time. It's more important to just trust God in the fight and Trust your your leaders. Sometimes leaders will say different things. One leader will say, you need to wait this period of time. Another leader might say shorter or longer. That's just part of trusting God's leaders, no? They have um, received authority for for their calling and um, really just being humble, recognizing that we, we can't do this without God, without Jesus Christ. So we need to understand their plan and their timing and all of this. I like what you said there, Will, about just being willing to accept whatever 
whatever it is the Lord has in store for us, and especially how he makes that manifest to us through our leaders who are mortal people. Um, could you describe your process about going to work with the bishop, some of the things that they told you, maybe some restrictions that you had on your participation in sacrament meetings? Um, can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. Okay, so when I was in high school, I actually, that was the first time I talked about the problem with the bishop. And he gave me some really good recommendations um, of things to do. He recommended uh, doing a self-inventory in, in the 12-step program of the church, as well as reading some materials. And I, I did those things, but I didn't necessarily do it with all my effort. Um, and I, I learned and I, those things helped me. Um, but I'm not sure that at that age I understood what the fight was going to require of me and um, didn't quite give it my full effort. And so the problem later on um, was still there, no? Um, but once I was in college and then I was working to earn some money for the mission, that's when I really began working with my bishop. And it was, it was a neat experience um, just to feel feel the love that the priesthood leader has for you. And, and really, it's the love that, that God has for you. Um, I remember one priesthood leader saying, he said, I, I can't forgive you. I'm not in a position to forgive people for their sins. But I'm here to help you in this process of forgiveness. And I'm here to help you have the, the help of Jesus Christ in your life. And meeting with the bishop is just an eye-opening experience. You learn things. Um, you're able to feel the spirit every time that you go. And, and he gives you the advice that you need. You know, he's able to receive revelation. And um, I remember actually I was going through a little bit of a rough time, uh, a little frustrated with my progress. It wasn't going as fast as I wanted. But one of my bishops actually had um, a vision, I guess you could call it, of of me sitting on a couch teaching a family on the mission. And he said, you know, I, I know you're going to serve a mission. Um, it's going to happen. You just need to keep fighting. And, and things like that really, really inspired me, really helped me recognize that I have a team behind me and that um, there's chosen servants that are able to help you in the fight. Dude, I actually remember when you shared that. Yeah, I remember that. Too. In group. It's pretty neat. Super cool. Um, how were you introduced to Sons of Human? Was that through a bishop? Um, my mom actually went to, I think it was the conference in, in Salt Lake against pornography. Utah. And I think there was a, yeah. Yeah. And I think she learned about it just from talking to people there. There was a booth and, and I remember I was, I was a punk, still am. Right. <laughs> and my mom, my mom told me about the program. And I, of course said, well, I don't know. That sounds weird. I don't, I don't think I need that. But, <laughs> From the first time going, I it's it's neat to go and realize that so many other young men who are also 
incredible and, and doing their best in the fight, that they're able to help you and that you're not alone. And I don't know, my perspective changed completely. Maybe I wasn't super excited about the group, but my my attitude quickly changed. Dude. <laughs> no, man, I, I think that's such the norm. That's... I think all of us, when we are first going to a recovery group, where nobody's like, yeah, I can't wait for my, my porn club or anything like that. Like, <laughs> nobody is stoked on that. I, I think it's one of Satan's biggest tools is to shame us into thinking, oh, man, I'm part of this community of outcast perverts or something like that. Yeah. But it couldn't be farther from the yeah. truth. Right. And this idea like, wow, I am this broken that I need to go to some group like, or I need, oh man, too. When I, when I started realizing and with, with Cody's help, recognizing that there was elements of depression and needing medication for that, you just, you start like the shame and the, that, that Satan, those lies that he tells you, you are a pervert. You are lost. You are so broken that you need so much help. You're so, I don't know, all that crap. He would definitely throw at me. Um, I would be curious to hear what principles from group helped you the most and then how that also may have, I think you've already spoken to this, but just like, Will, the most beautiful part about recovery for me and something that you've said so beautifully already multiple times is understanding who you are understanding, like learning who I was through the fight, like the journey of coming to understand my worth and my, mm -hmm. uh, what I have to offer has not been changed by this, by this struggle that I've had with pornography. Right. Um, and yeah. so I would love to hear how that paradigm changed with the tools with group and how that helped prepare you for a mission. Okay, perfect. Um, I'd say something that really helped me a lot to change my, my perspective, my attitude, is understanding that we're, we're not a problem, that we're mm, warriors, no? That we're fighting the problem. We are not the problem, we are fighting the problem. And... That initial recognition really helped me, you know, because it's almost as if Satan is so clever at using inner battle within us, not just with this struggle, with any struggle. He's sneaking and using inner battles. And, um, it's, it's like the enemy shooting themselves, you know? You show up to the fight, you show up to the front line, and you see them just shooting each other, and you can just sit back and watch. Yeah. Now you can set up your lawn chair, get a nice drink. <laughs> but um, that realizing that I'm not the problem, I'm actually in this to fight the problem, that gives you a lot of confidence. And, you know, that was probably the biggest source of my problem was lack of confidence. So that process of understanding who you are um, really changes your whole attitude, your whole view of things. Um, it's, it's interesting. The, the Bible dictionary actually describes repentance as, as a change of, of perspective about God, about yourself, and about the world. 
Um, whereas you thought about things in one way before, you begin to see everything differently. It's beautiful, dude. It is awesome. And, and it's totally lesson one, right? The war, the war between remembering and forgetting. The addiction lives because we forget our divine identity and who we are. Maybe we've never learned it yet, um, but remembering from, from our earliest existences with the Father, who we are, what we're made of, our divine heritage, and um, our capabilities as such, as a warrior, it really is the first step to change the game. I love that. Dude. Yeah. One thing actually came to mind um, for everyone, not just those who are close to serving a mission, but for everyone, I would recommend Preach My Gospel. Chapter 7 talks about Christ-like attributes, talks about patience, talks about humility, talks about all the different things that that we need to recognize that we have within us. No? We have to recognize that we're all unique. God is the author of, of diversity. We're all unique. We need to love love ourselves. No? Justin Bieber said it best. Love yourself. <laughs> Just uh, if you like you. the way you love that one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that one's big and that's the one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, that's so no, dope. I'm serious. Like we just need to learn about um about Christ, become a disciple of him, learn that God has blessed us with unique personalities, unique talents, and begin to understand who you are. Um, you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's a coincidence that um for example when, when Moses was was tempted by Satan and Satan told him to worship him, first thing Moses was able to do was to tell him who he was. He said, hmm. I'm I'm a son of God. Who are you? Dude. And that recognition of of who we are is, is very powerful. Oh. Um, it's, it's a game changer. It is. And it, what's so hard about it is then we get into a down that chemical scale, right? And it's very difficult to remember that, that we are very, and Satan is right in there in those details when our chemicals are off saying, gosh, man, you didn't wake up on time today. Mm-hmm. You're such a lazy piece of crap. You didn't talk to that guy. You didn't. Oh, man, you, ooh, dude. And he'll, he'll throw back at you all these lies about that identity and have ways to come back like Moses did have ways to come back at him and say, get out of here. I am this. I am powerful. I am a son of God. I'm a warrior. I'm a fighter. You can't come at me with that stuff because this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Dude, I love that, Will. Exactly. Thanks for that, Spence. And, and Will, I think – we, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, um, but I think one of the great myths of the church is how perfect and ideal a mission experience is. Um, meaning that like all of a sudden hands are placed on our head. We have this mantle of missionary and we're all, we're, we're, we're kind of bulletproof moving forward, or at least that's the prevailing myth. And I think that there, there definitely is, a spirit and a mantle that comes with the calling. But I want to ask you about battles you've faced as a missionary. 
while wearing the tag and how you've been able to work through those things, even in on the Lord's errand. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, there's a, a verse I was reading the other day. It says, you know, there's, there's still, when I'm, so one of the Nephite um, captains receives news that he's going to receive some help from, he's going to receive some reinforcements and he's rejoicing in the fact that now they have reinforcements, they're going to be better off in the fight. But he kind of reminds, um, reminds the people, you know, there's still a good fight ahead of us. I'm not saying that we've won. I'm, I'm rejoicing in the fact that we have help, but let's not get too cocky. We need to recognize that there's still a good fight ahead of us. Mm. And that's important to always have that attitude. Um, as a missionary, you're still, you're still tempted. Um, it's a very unique experience to have this time dedicated to the Lord, to be able to study and to, um, to have spiritual experiences, which, which help you overcome that temptation. You know? But you still have to recognize that temptation will be there. Um, something very unique is, is that you have a companion with you at all times. And, you know, it's great to be able to develop that relationship with the companion, to have lots of trust and to, he's on your team. You're on his team. He's on your team. Um, when temptations come, you can talk about um, something to get your mind distracted or, or you can tell him what's going on. Um, you've always got your companion there for you as well as there's a, there's a book that all the missionaries need to read nowadays because well, maybe not all missionaries, but as far as I know, most missionaries have smartphones in the mission field. And there's a book called Safeguards for Using Technology. I'm sure you can find it in the, the church application. But it explains um, how we can use this time in the mission to develop good technology habits that are going to serve us for the rest of our lives. Um, the, the prophet, the apostles, they put a lot of trust in missionaries. And they really trust us to use the, the mission as a, as a time to develop good habits. Um, for example, they, one of the safeguards is to not use your phone when your companion's out of the room. You need to always be right there next to them when you're using the phone. Um, as well as having a clear... Uh, intention, a clear idea of what you're going to do when you turn on your phone. Um, and of course, battles still come, temptations still there on the mission, but you have all these resources. You have your mission president, your companion, and my advice to, to anyone getting ready to serve the mission, anybody already on the mission, is to, to use those resources. We sometimes don't live up to to the resources that we've been given um the mission is a unique time to to fine-tune our 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 skills fine-tune our battle um and it's unique as well to have the the fight on the mission because you're able to relate with people 
um, you're able to testify that you tell me of Jesus Christ and and know that you've changed to know that it's real it's not just a, a children's storybook uh, a tale that people tell it's it's real it works in people's lives um, my my biggest advice there is just to use the resources that that we received the safeguards for using technology. Um, actually, I just realized with the previous recommendation I gave, it's uh, it's chapter six. That's it's a little embarrassing, but it's, it's oh, chapter six. That's Christ-like attributes. Chapter seven is learning your mission language, which is also very important. <laughs> <laughs> see, I would recommend to anyone safeguards for using technology. Yeah. It teaches some really important principles. Dude, that's dope. I love that. That's dope. Uh, I was going to ask, you've mentioned using the resources of companions and mission president. What's that experience been like? Um, my mission president is, is really great. And every mission president, you, you know, the, the brethren receive revelation on, on where you need to go. And part of that includes your mission president. So you need to trust in that revelation and you need to be, be honest with your mission president. And I guarantee that they're willing to help, that they're not going to to judge, to punish. Um, my mission president has been really great throughout the mission of, of seeing how I'm doing and encouraging me. And um, It's been neat for me to see that, that revelation that, um, you know, we, we've been assigned to a specific place in the world for a reason and with companions, <clears throat> um, it's, it's great to just learn people's skills to learn, you know, you're not always going to agree with your companion. Maybe you're going to think you should do a lesson a different way. Maybe you like to plan a little bit more, maybe, um, Maybe he has some different habits than you, but you learn how to cope with other people. And as you do that, as you're in that process of learning about the other person and, and trying to have this unity, you build trust. And with that trust, you're then able to talk to your companion about these things. And people are always willing to help. I've never brought up this problem with someone and they said, Oh, uh, good luck. I don't <laughs> do anything for you, but you know, people are always willing to help. And so, and your companion is a wonderful resource because you are always together. Um, you know, my, my companion and I, we here in the summer in Spain, the girls typically don't wear very much clothing and him and I, we, we are there to support each other. We, we hassle one another to make sure we're always keeping our mental fortitude up, that we're remembering that we're servants of the Lord and, and remember that, um, remember that having pure thoughts is what brings confidence, is what brings power in our calling and power in the priesthood, no? Dude, that's so sick. I love that you're, you're, you're going into it with a purpose. It's not just to like have your, your companion, like be your 
account accountability partner, which isn't bad, but that so the you can be theirs too. You know, I, I wonder, Will, of the companions that you've opened up to and and told them about your challenges and, and what you're facing in your battles every day. How many of them have responded similarly where they say, you know what, man, I've actually been going through the same thing. Um, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you're talking all of them have, have had a hard time keeping their thoughts pure. And you're telling me of all the, the teenage to young 20 um, men companions that you've had, they're all going through the same thing. Yeah, it's that's crazy. It's wow. <laughs> easy to find stuff now in today's day and age, and so you know, other people maybe didn't struggle to the extent that I struggled with it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I I lacked confidence myself, and and that really fueled the problem. And I probably dug myself deeper into the problem than than other people, but all of them to one extent or another can understand that that temptation and that's that's comforting as well just to know that um they're not going to judge you they they're willing to help um and that that empathy that ability to understand is really going to build that trust between you and um you know it's really going to help you have unity in, in teaching other people. It's going to help you have more confidence in yourself. Um, I think maybe struggles on the mission are interesting because Satan sometimes will try to tell you that you're not worthy to be doing what you're doing or that um, this next lesson is going to be tough because you're not going to have the spirit. But missionary work requires us reflecting the light of Christ. He's, he's the, the light, but we need to shine that light. And so we need to be confident. We need to humbly repent, ask for the Spirit, do all that we can to have the Spirit with us. And, um, and that includes working with your companion. You know, Wes, you asked me about that relationship with your companion. Um, you need to put effort into that relationship. It's not just uh, it's not just gonna happen coincidentally. You need to put in some effort to serve your companion, to have unity, and as you do that, the spirit is your your third companion in the process. Um, you're able to to have power in your lessons. Um, you're able to have a good attitude. You don't need to listen to the lies that you're not worthy or uh, you don't need to put on a face of, oh, I need to be sad. I need, in order to repent, I need to be sad. We can recognize what went wrong. We can learn from it and we can have a smile on our face and reflect the, the light of Christ. Yeah, and I think you mentioned this, dude, but how beautiful it must feel to be experiencing the atonement while teaching it. Ooh, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what it's all about. Like, when we teach the, about Jesus Christ, it's not because we've arrived and we're perfect. When we teach about Jesus Christ, we're saying, 
all of us are in the same fight here. We're mm-hmm. all, if we take a step back and we look at this, we're all on the same team here. And we're fighting right. against an evil monster who wants to destroy us. And what that requires in this fight is, is constant reliance on Jesus Christ. And uh, whether we're a missionary, whether we're a bishop, whether we're, uh, it doesn't matter who we are or what people think that we should be a certain way or we're all in this journey together. And when you said your companions to one extent or another have been through something similar, when we talk about Mr. P, um, my thought is there is then there's another level of that team right? That we're all young men, young women in today's age will to one extent or another experience and be exposed to pornography. There's no way around it. So how do we, instead of avoiding it, how do we just take it back to them, right? And fight back. And I think that's exactly what you're doing out there, which is so, oh, we'll, we'll be... (laughs) <laughs> you are so awesome man i just like nah you guys are awesome just make me love, blush over here dude love and respect you're always you. blushing will be <laughs> you're right you're right i got you man but just uh, seriously love and respect the heck out of you dude yeah oh so much so much love for you man um i i just have one last like scheduled question that i wanted to ask you but but like and then we'll go into why you fight and everything. But I wonder, do you have, Spence mentioned what a cool opportunity and experience that you have to testify of the atonement while you're also experiencing its effect and, and ransoming power in your own life. I want to know, Will, if you've had any special experiences or unique opportunities as a missionary because of your experience with pornography addiction, if you've been able to help any of your um, investigators find hope because of your own personal experience. Yeah, I I would say, I would say everyone, I think everyone, nobody's perfect and we all need to, to change. No. And whether or not somebody has this specific problem in their life um we're able to to teach about change and that it's real um able to teach how the the steps of repentance um i remember there's a girl who (laughs) according to her family she was a little bit rebellious um didn't have the best relationship with her mom um kind of isolated herself a little bit was always listening to music um her family described her as a little bit rebellious but i was able to me and my companion were able to teach about change and that at one point or another we all recognize that there's things we want to change in our lives and that it's possible um she she made a lot of changes in her life she um didn't listen to her music as much, changed the music she was listening to, was more open to those around her, um, changed the clothes that she was wearing, 
changed her, her perspective, no? Just how we need to change our attitude and our perspective sometimes. She was able to do that. Um, and she actually used was a special opportunity to be able to teach her. She was baptized, and, and to this day, just the other day, uh, sent a voice recording, and she's doing really well. And to, I'd say to one extent or another, we're able to teach everybody about, about change. Um, you know, the, the people in King Benjamin gives a really powerful speech. And after hearing his speech, the people, um, they are on their knees, they're, they're crying and they just, they plead for, for change to not have, to not have a disposition for evil. And this, this struggle has allowed me to, to testify of that change. To know that is real, not just for me, but for every person. And so it's a really unique opportunity to be able to teach people and promise that they can change and then to see those changes happen in their lives. Dude. And that change, like you mentioned with that individual that you got to teach and it's a, and you mentioned this multiple times with your own story that change isn't an event. Change Mm -hmm. is a beautiful journey. That, right? It's a story that we can tell. It's a beautiful experience of life to say, this is where I was. And through a lot of um, effort and prayer and fighting and, and losing and then learning and then, Oh man, all of the the wisdom that is gained through that beautiful journey is beautiful. Yeah, it's a it's a here's where I was, here's where I've been, here's where I'm at now, and here's where I'm going still, you know. There's there's not we An don't arriving. we don't arrive. Yeah, it's just a continual no. perpetual thing and we'll do you exactly. if you do the mission right. When you, on that plane ride home, you'll finally start to feel like maybe you know how to be a missionary, and and you might take the tag off, but you you keep on serving, you keep on sharing the gospel. When you get home, when the when the real missionary work begins, um, but man, you're such an example to us and to so many people. And gosh, I I can only imagine how grateful your mission president is to have you. Oh. To, to be one of the horses in the stable that he doesn't have to worry about. Oh. It's kind of nice. Oh, dude. Will D, I don't know if you remember me telling you that, but you, I remember one of the biggest compliments that I received before my mission was you will be a missionary that your mission president does not have to worry about. Of all the 200 plus kids he's got to think about, Will D is one that he can trust. And, uh, and I, for that. dude, and I knew that going in, you're that type of individual, right? You are, I don't know, man, you're just a warrior. The strength, the strength of this, the strength is apparent of this elder. Yeah. You are love this guy, an amazing, amazing dude. So I, I would be, I have one more question. Thank you. I have one more question for you though, Will D. And go for it. Of course. And I'm, I'm very curious as to the response. Yes. Would you please ask him? <laughs> yes, please. I'm dying over here. <laughs> Will be, why do you fight? 
Why do I fight? Why do you fight, man? Why do you fight? And why wouldn't you just give up? That's a great question. Um, I fight because the things that the world can offer do not fill us. Um, We all want to have purpose, to have enjoyment in life. And that, that empty hole that we have is filled by learning how to serve others, how to um, understand God and the things that he's given us. I fight to be worthy of, of the priesthood, to be worthy of that blessing of, of serving other people. Um, that's something that helps me in moments of temptation is we want to satisfy our needs, but we can quickly um, overcome that temptation as we remember the needs of other individuals. And the priesthood is, is a wonderful blessing that allows us to do that. Mm. I fight um, to be able to be honest to myself and others and, and to have um, constructive conversations where we talk about life, we talk about our struggles, we talk about things that are going on and, and our opinions, and we're able to leave edified from that conversation. I fight um, to understand who I who I am now and who I'm becoming. Um, to have plans and, and goals for what lies ahead. To look in the rearview mirror and, and learn from the past, but to focus on on the road ahead. And I fight for my family that have supported me, that have um, always encouraged me to keep going. Never have they judged me. Never have they um, been angry with me. I fight to. I fight to um, show my my love for them as well as for for friends, for you guys fight to to be part of a team um you know nobody's in this alone and and as we we fight we we're only made stronger as as individuals and and as a whole so much so much fire from the field (laughs) man will thank you for being who you are for being the soldier that you are for the Lord, the warrior that you are in your life, and the example that you are to Spence and myself and to the the countless missionaries and and members of the church that you bless, whose lives you bless. Mm. God bless you, man. We are so honored and privileged to have you here with us today, and we can't thank you enough for sharing your testimony and your experience with us. Yeah, and... uh when you're talking about fighting for edifying conversations, I would definitely say that this has been one of them for me. Just hearing your experience out there, your experience with the fight, your, your, um, your view on things, your perspective, that's what I'm looking for. Your beautiful perspective on repentance and on change and on people and on God. Whew. thank you brother thank you for the opportunity oh dude we love you so much man i, I do you guys too oh okay go get him dude and go give <laughs> that companion 
a little hug from us. Yeah, man, you got six months left. You're never going to get it again. Go hard every single day, man. Leave it all, all out there. We love you so much. Go Absolutely. Get- love you too. Okay, dog. All right, man. Thanks for listening to everybody out there. Um, you heard it here that the we've got we've got missionaries out there that are doing some amazing amazing things and fighting the fight in their own way. That's right. We love you guys. <laughs> love you, Will D. We'll we'll see you next time, guys. Yeah. Love you. Take care. <laughs> you too, dog. See ya. Bye. Ciao.